Thank you, Dr. Chenoweth. We truly are on holy ground today. And thank you, Pastor, for trusting me today with this uh, maybe one of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible, Romans 8. When he asked me to, if I could preach today, I said I could make my whole ministry on Romans 8. It's that good. Today I'd like to take you on a short spiritual journey through this great chapter of the Bible. In these uh, 39 verses, I believe God, uh, Paul lays out the pathway for us to live a victorious Christian life. In just a couple of months, it'll be 48 years since I left my secular job and began, the, began this journey of ministry. In those years, I've had the privilege of being associated with hundreds and thousands of wonderful Christians who have lived a life of victory. And in doing that, they've lived a life of service. Unfortunately, I've also seen many who have fallen by the wayside in their walk with the Lord. They had asked God to, to forgive their sins, but somewhere along the line, they fell back into their old ways and lost out in their relationship with God. I believe as I've looked at those down through the years, the one common denominator was that they had not fully sold out to God. And they did not allow His Holy Spirit to take control of their life. Just as Pastor Prince last week said that Romans 7 mentioned the law 21 times, the main theme of Romans 8 is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And wouldn't you know that Romans 8 mentions the Holy Spirit 21 times? Today I want to see that the only way for us to have full victory as a Christian and in this world is through the Holy Spirit. Now the question that arises is who is this Holy Spirit and why is he so vitally important in our Christian lives? Well, let me begin by answering that first question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Very simply put, the Holy Spirit is God. Make no mistake about it, he is not a, uh, a inferior part of God. He is not less than Jesus or God the Father. He is God the Holy Spirit. He is God as much as Jesus, as much as God the Father. Throughout human history, God has dealt with mankind in different ways. From the Garden of Eden and all through the Old Testament, we found that God the Father communicated and guided people directly, speaking with them, 
through angels, through visions, through dreams, and sometimes like Moses at the burning bush, an audible voice. People were dependent upon patriarchs and priests and other individuals to hear how God was directing them. In the wilderness, it was a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And then Jesus came along. Jesus was God incarnate or God in the form of a human being. He only lived on this earth for a short time, a little over 30 years. And he accomplished his mission when he died on the cross, shed his blood on that cross of Calvary, and then rose from the dead so that we could have life and have life eternal. Because of Jesus, we have the not just hope, but the assurance of eternal life. But the last thing that Jesus said before he left and went to heaven were these words we find in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We know what happened on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled the place where they were gathered. These cowardly disciples that when, when Jesus was being tried, abandoned him and took off and were fearful. They were gathered, they were hiding out if you would. But when the Holy Spirit came, they couldn't contain themselves, and they went into the streets and began proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I have often thought how great it would have been to live in Galilee and rub shoulders with Jesus while he walked this earth. But Christ was limited by his humanity and couldn't be in more than one place at one time. He was constantly being surrounded by crowds of people. Unlike preachers today, we try to get a crowd. He was always sending them away. Even his best friends got upset with him when he didn't show up at the uh, sickness of Lazarus. But then the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit is here. Aren't you glad of that today? The Holy Spirit can be with you on your job. He can be with you in your car. He can be with you at Olivet. He is with us. He came to fill us and empower us and to cleanse us. You see, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Receiving the fullness of the Spirit is not some formula or ritual, it comes when we recognize our way is not working and we completely surrender ourselves to God. Yes. Romans 8, 12, and 13 puts it this way. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. In another place, 
He says, I have been crucified with Christ, never, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Later on, he proclaimed, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When we surrender fully to God, the Holy Spirit will come and cleanse us. He will fill us, and He will empower us to live a life that we're incapable of living on our own. Now, I've told this story several times, so if you've heard it, you can go to sleep for a couple minutes. <laughs> but it's so real, and even though it happened over 50 years ago in my life, it's an ongoing experience. I had come back to the Lord at the Williams Lake Church of the Nazarene. Our pastor, I don't know what he preached that day, but I knew I needed Jesus, and I came to the altar. And when I got up from that altar, I was determined I was going to be the greatest Christian that God ever had. I was working for Michigan Bell Telephone Company, and I went to work the next day, and I wasn't the greatest Christian that God ever had. The next Sunday, I went back to the altar, and I prayed the same prayer, Lord, I'm a, please forgive me, I'm going to live the, the Christian life this week. This went on and on and on. I don't know how many weeks, I don't know how many trips to the altar, I meant it, I was going to do it, but somehow I couldn't do it. And then one Sunday, I don't know what Pastor Ricky pre preached that Sunday, I went to the altar and I didn't pray that prayer. I said, Lord, I quit, I give up. I can't live the Christian life. I just can't do it. And you know what happened? God moved up next to me. And he said these words to me. Who in the world ever told you that you could live the Christian life? Why don't you quit trying and just let me come in and have control of your life? And I hadn't been to Bible college yet. I didn't know theological terms. I had heard about entire sanctification and being filled with the Spirit, but I didn't really understand it. But I said, Lord, I don't know what I'll ever be. I don't know what I'll ever have. I don't know what I'll ever accomplish, but I want to give it all to you. Would you just take control? And you know what happened that day? God's Holy Spirit came into my life and made me uh, into a man that I couldn't be on my own. The, uh, the uh, rules of the church used to be a maximum. Now they became a minimum. I wanted to please God. I didn't want to see how close I could get to sin. And that's what happens when God's Holy Spirit comes in and fills us. 
Some have the mistaken idea that if we are filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Spirit, it will make us super Christians. No. In fact, when God's Spirit, when God's Spirit takes control of our lives, we become humble servants of the Most High. Notice what the Holy Spirit does when He comes into our life. He gives us life and peace. Romans 8, 7 says, The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. People are dying every day out there. Oh, I'm not talking about physical death. They're dying in their professions. Their, their potential is dying. Relationships are dying. Integrity is dying influence is dying and the list could go on and on because they're trying to live their life on their own being controlled by the flesh think of Jeffrey Epstein think of Bernie Madoff who seemed to all have it all and their lives were a mess and they lost out when the Holy Spirit comes he gives us guidance and testifies to us of the adoption into God's own family. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption as sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Then the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and our trials and tribulations. Romans 8, 26, 27 says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of Christ because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, let me, let me just tell you, because we have the Holy Spirit, it does not inoculate us from the problems of life. The life of the disciples was one of continually being pursued and persecuted. All but one of them died because of their faith. The difference is that the Holy Spirit will give us strength to stand up under whatever trial comes our way in this life. Now this week, I took a little poll of the staff of who was the strongest. The three top contenders were Pastor Prince, (laughs) Janet Benjamin, and Joey Wood. Well, we broke the tie and Joey Wood won. Joey, would you come up here? Come right up here. I want you to show us your muscle there, would you? Oh, 
Now this guy is something. I have two cans of Michigan's own Verners here. Joey, with one hand, I want you to see if you can crush that can. Whoa! Now, Joey, I have another can of Verners. With one hand, crush that can. Joey, 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 Joey. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. You know what the difference is? This can's empty. This can's full. Your life without the Holy Spirit is this can. Your life with the Holy Spirit is this can. And when life's trials come along, friends, they would crush anybody else. But even in the midst of the worst trial of your life, when God is filling your life through His Holy Spirit, you cannot be crushed. One of my favorite verses is found in this chapter, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work, that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Does it mean we're never going to have a sickness? Does it mean we're never going to have an accident? Does it mean we're never going to have a relationship problem? Does it mean any of those things? No, it means that if God is for us, who can be against us? The writer concludes this chapter with these words. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? It is written, for your sake we face death all day long and is considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We have seen today that God's Holy Spirit will cleanse us and fill us and empower us as believers to live a life that we're not capable 
of living on our own. When he is in charge, he will bring peace, guidance, intercession, and strength. The only prerequisite is that we die out to self and allow the Spirit of Christ to control us. I like the way my wife puts it. When we're saved, we have God. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're sanctified, God has us. It was over 20 years ago now, nearly 20 years ago, I was district superintendent, and one of my main jobs was to find pastors for churches. One of our largest churches had a pastor. It was the only pastor they had ever had. He had been there 35 years, I believe. The church had grown from a handful to almost a thousand in those 35 years. He had affected the whole community, and it was going to be tough to find a replacement. I met with the search committee, and uh, I just, it was kind of in one of my preliminary meetings, and I went in to talk to them about who they thought might be a good candidate for their church. Little did I know that they would mention the name of one of their own associate pastors. Uh, there's there's different debates about whether an associate should follow the senior pastor. But I knew this associate pastor, and he was a good young man. And so I said I would make a call and ask him if he would allow his name to be considered. I called him on the phone, and I talked to him, and he said, Oh, Reverend Anthony, I'm so honored that they would think that highly of me to, to be considered. Would you give me a day to pray about it? I said, certainly, I would expect you to pray about it. The next day, he called me back. And he said, I've prayed about it, and would you tell the search committee how honored I am that they would consider me? But he said, if I were to accept their invitation, I would have to deny everything I believe God is telling me to do and guiding me in my life. And I said, certainly I'll tell him. We are privileged to have that young man here today, Greg Chenoweth. And I have had confidence in him. He's got a good education. He's now our president at Olivet. But you know why I really have confidence in him? Because I've seen that he is filled with God's Holy Spirit. And when a great opportunity comes along, on the surface, he was willing to say no because that wasn't what God was telling him to do. We're going to sing a song.
in closing. It's called Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We have sensed God here. But I wonder if there's some of you today that maybe have struggled like I did back then. And you want to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. I'm going to come down and stand in front of this altar. And we're going to sing this song. Maybe a long time ago, you surrendered it all to God and you've backed up on that. You'd like to come and stand with me and join in prayer. Maybe you're going through struggles in your life and you're feeling like this Werner's can over here, crushed. And you need God's Holy Spirit. I'd invite you to come and stand with me. Maybe there's some doubts in your mind and you just need to come and stand with me. And when we finish singing, we'll have a prayer of benediction. But in coming, you want to say, God, I want you to have all of me.